and welcome to BlazePod. It's Wednesday, 22nd of July. Slightly delayed uh, than normal, but if you check my Twitter, you will see that I, I did say in advance it will be delayed. This isn't a, uh, a Mardi reaction to losing to Everton. Uh, my name is Ben, of course, and uh, joining me on the line, he failed a fitness test yesterday, but he yep. is uh, he's good to go. He's back in action. It is Andrew. How you doing, Paul? I'm all right, mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm not too bad. I was a bit... I was pretty grumpy after this Everton game. Like, yeah, you seemed actually. You said, yeah, I saw your tweets, and you were yeah. like, and I, away tonight." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't want to think about football for the rest of the day. And uh, yeah, I mean, last night's football wasn't particularly appealing either, to be honest. I mean, I think I said to you after about thirty minutes that Arsenal weren't going to score, didn't I? So, yeah, correct. Unfortunately, I, yeah. I just, well, well, fortunately, unfortunately, good for us in the sense that we can finish higher, but bad that Villa look like they're probably going to stay up. So, yeah, indeed. Um, yeah, I was trying. I feel like I was probably a bit harsh after the Everton game because I, I did. I think I said uh, I feel more annoyed about that than I did after Leicester, and maybe mm. I was just um, disproportionately relaxed after the Leicester game. But um, yeah, you know, the more I think about the Everton defeat, it's like you know, maybe I was being a bit harsh to be honest. But it, it was it was disappointing. I mean, I think you you came in with a, a great comparison to um, to a, a game that we played at the end of our first season in the championship do you want to elaborate on that yeah Preston at home uh, in our last home game of the championship season I just think it were almost a carbon copy we look in that Preston game we looked tired we looked like we were out of ideas long season caught up with us people worrying about the season after a while or after saying we need to improve and everyone panicking a little bit it's just carbon copper. I'm not saying we're going to finish second next season, by the way, but uh, <laughs> it was just, I thought it was so similar to that Preston at home game. Yeah, I, when you said that, I was, that, there it is. That is the exact perfect comparison. I think like they've just been lurking at the back of my mind and then, yeah, just oh. just completely distilled it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, I remember, you know, that was a, that was a game where we had, there was something riding on that Preston game, weren't there? You know, if we if yeah. we won our last two games, we had a shot at finishing in the playoffs. Obviously, a very similar situation here. If we if we won our last two games, Everton and Southampton, we have a shot at finishing in Europe. So it's like you can't even blame the sort of well, the players are on the beach, you know, because there's nothing to play for, can't they? Not like you know, like Crystal Palace have jacked it in six weeks ago because they, yeah, they actually yeah, yeah. have nothing to play for. So that's a part of where the frustration comes from. But yeah, that game, you know, we were playing. I think Preston, they either. They might finish seventh. I think they finished just outside the playoffs. Yeah, they were just outside the playoffs. I think they finished above us though that season, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, that'll be right. Yeah, but it was like you know, there weren't much difference between no. Everton. They were, well, realistically, mid-table all season, weren't they? Yeah, and Preston. We were playing an average team that I thought were better. We were better than in both yeah. games, and we just did pretty much nothing and lost to yeah. like a not a fluky goal, but a, you know a. a a goal that is not scored from that position very often, to be honest, against Everton. Um, I mean, I guess, you know, I, I guess one thing you say, and this is where I, where I feel a bit like my criticism was perhaps over harsh in the moment, the effort was definitely there from his, in this game, I thought. Yeah, I agree, yeah. Yeah, but unfortunately... There's also people saying, oh, it's a spineless performance, and, you know, other people say, you know, we, you know they, they were Europe at line and they play like that. It was nothing to do with effort, that. I, I disagree. I think Leicester, for instance, we did a lot of stuff wrong off the ball. I won't say it were... Oh, it might sound a bit harsh. Maybe a lazier performance against Leicester. Mm. I don't think that was. I think we tried as best, but mentally and physically, it just weren't there. Yeah, that's, that's kind of what uh, Wilder said afterwards, wasn't it? That sort of, you know, fatigue of uh, mental and physical, which is is understandable. You know, I mean, uh, I, and I completely agree with what you said earlier. You know, we it just it re- this, this is a bit lazy, sort of cliche 
analyst speak, I suppose, but well, mm. not even analyst really. Um, lazy TV pundit, so to speak. But Lillard yeah. with sort of you know just lack of speed of thought and movement and just no yeah. quality at all. I mean, you know, we had we had a fair bit of the ball, like like we said, we we worked hard. You know, we we pressed, we tackled. You know, we we passed it pretty well, but just just created absolutely nothing in the game. Yeah. I mean, all right, more than we did against. Leicester, arguably, I think, or well, we had a shot on target against Leicester, didn't we? At least, oh, that's so when true. Well, Connell and but yeah, I do think I felt like we were more likely to score against Everton, though, even though we didn't create anything. If that makes sense, mm, yeah, we got into better positions more easily, I suppose. Um, but yeah, in terms of fatigue, I mean, I don't want to just like dismiss a, a poor performance, but like it, we have played a lot of games now, and yeah. it's just just over a month to the day when we played Villa away, and this is our ninth game in that span. Mm. And, um, yeah, we were just talking about this before, weren't we? In that in that run, we've played eight of the top 11. Yeah. <laughs> Which is... Well, this is this has annoyed me a little bit. We've, we've seen certain fans say, like, oh, since lockdown, we've got a lot to worry about next season because, you know, we fell off a cliff and stuff. We haven't. We've played nine, won three, drawn two, lost four. So mid-table. It's not that much different to pre-lockdown, to be completely honest. No, it's not, and you know we're we're uh, we're pretty much going to have the same amount of points in the second half of the season as we did in the first half of the season. Well, I think we had twenty nine points at Boxing Day, and we've got twenty yep. twenty five in this half of the season. So you know it's, it's kind of one result either way to be basically. I will take consistent. I will take that on board the, the criticism that we've put in at least at least two performances that are worse than anything we've put in in terms of Leicester and Newcastle, and you could even probably put Everton in that. I get that. I do think there's my game. In fact, I do think the tiredness is a, a huge thing. It was only a week ago that we were all, me and you were sat here saying, how good are we? Yeah. <laughs> we beat Chelsea 3-0. And it's easy to forget how short a time period that was because there's been two games since. This time last week, if we were talking, we'd be saying, can't wait for the Leicester game because, you know, we've just hammered Chelsea and it, things change in a couple of games and it's just, but it, it's, it's not even a week. Yeah, and I almost, uh, yeah, I was going to retweet my own tweet from nine days previous I think it was and mm. it just basically said like I, I don't think I could love this team anymore just with the point of like this was nine days ago by the way like you know feel free to be annoyed about this one game but like let's not forget everything else that's come before it yeah. so, but then I was and like, I think we look tired mentally and I think we look tired physically and I don't think it's anything I don't even think it's a fitness sort of tired to be if that makes sense I don't think it's a I think we I think we probably could run as as much as we can, but it's that thought on the ball once you get there, and you know you played so many games, a lot of pressure as well. You know, I mean the 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 uh, focus levels, uh, what's uh, what's the word? Concentration level, not focus mm. level. Concentration levels that must have gone in against Chelsea, Spurs, even Wolves. You know, what I mean that that's got to take a toll. Yeah, I mean it sounds you know it does sound like we're sort of making excuses here, which I you know. But I think these they genuinely, you know, are are points that should be considered. I think. I mean, it, you know, on the face of it, I wasn't good enough against Everton. Like, if we play like that every game, we will lose more than we uh, win. I would suggest. You know, that said, Everton didn't exactly pull us apart, did they? And it's, I think I said this to you. I, I didn't really feel there was much difference between that game and the one nil win at Crystal Palace, for example. Not where... at all. Not at all. No. And I think there's another thing that I, I feel like people have overlooked that are pre-lockdown. We were getting results, and I think you mentioned this last week, where it could have really been a draw or gone the other way. Mm. We're not. We haven't suddenly fallen off, a, fallen off a cliff in terms of performances to, to the, a huge degree for me. No, not in the slightest. And yeah, as I say, if you you know you run through, yes, we've lost. We lost to Leicester, Man United, 
I mean, we lost to Arsenal in the cup, but we played well. But then we've we've beat mm. Wol- beat Wolves, who were sixth. Spurs, who were seventh. Drawn away at Burnley, who were ninth. Beat Chelsea, were third. Uh, and then we just lost to eleven place Everton. I mean, it's yeah, I, it's incredible. If you'd have said that after the Newcastle game, we'd have probably been sat here saying, "Bloody hell, I bet people are happy about that." But it doesn't feel like that, does it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, oh, it's I don't know. This is the uh, I don't know the the perils of more, modern fandom. I guess is just uh... and we're all the same. And we all you know in the middle of the match, I'm an idiot. I'm shouting, the rubbish, mm. get them off," you know, <laughs> sell it. But I just think I don't know. I, I were quite sort of. Most fans, I thought, were really good, but I saw a couple of tweets and a couple of things on S2 forum and stuff, and I just thought, if you can't enjoy what's happening now, we've had two bad performances. That Yeah, but we are one of the top ten teams in the entire country. Mm. You should probably stop supporting us, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> that, that top ten thing. If you can't I mean, enjoy this, then, you know, it's, yeah, I because, just can't, you know. Well, because it probably won't be as good next season, like... I don't think no. we were, you know, even if we, uh, you know, sign a bunch of really good players, I don't think we'll finish in the top 10 next season. I don't think we'll get relegated either. But just like, it, you know, a lot's kind of got, we've played to our peak in a lot of games this season. Yep. And, you know, then you look at teams like Spurs and Arsenal going through a transition. Manu were in transition when we played them the first time. You know, uh, Chelsea, I think, are kind of one of the weaker third place teams for a while. Yeah, I just it, it will be hard. For me, next I just season. don't think we should even be thinking about next season right now. I think we should be. I mean, obviously, everyone's got their own sort of how they how they view things, but it's almost like we've got some collective post-traumatic stress disorder where because things have gone wrong in the past, we're straight away thinking, "Hang on, we've lost one. Next season's going to be a disaster. We need to do this. We need to do that. Just enjoy this. This is incredible. What a season! We've got nothing to play for on Saturday." No one thought that at Sunday, should I say? Nobody thought that at the beginning of the season because we all thought we were going to be in a relegation fight, you know. <laughs> so now, you know, we, I'm I'm absolutely delighted. I'm disappointed with the last two performances. We haven't played well. I just think the, if you're ever going to take a step back and enjoy the moment, this is the time. It should be. Yeah, I mean, I, I, my preseason prediction was that we would be safe with a game to spare. So there you go. Mm-hmm. There's one I got right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, that's good. I like that. Yeah, I'm thinking about. We'll have to go through our preseason predictions, but there's a there's a certain one that looks like it might be coming off now. Oh, well, I think I know which one you mean. Yeah, we'll. Uh, don't we'll... want to don't want to reveal that. Until yeah, we'll... yeah. This, uh... but yeah, but yeah, because we were like, so, I mean, I, I'd listened back a little bit to to that pod that we did, hmm. and I was saying I think it'll be seventeenth. You know, we'll finish fourth bottom. Uh, but I just think we'd do a bit of luck to finish fourth bottom rather than third bottom and stuff. And great. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, lowest we can finish is of course tenth as well. Um, yeah, we will we will be going back through our preseason predictions and. Uh, uh, patting ourselves on the back and uh, pointing at each other and laughing as well at some of them because there's yeah. a few stinkers in there, but there's some good ones as well, I think. So that's that's to come when the season actually wraps up. Um, yeah, this this is a game I thought we were just kind of praying for a, a ricochet or a lucky bounce that we, we just didn't get. I mean, I'm thinking of that moment in the second half, particularly Michael Keane miscontrolled it in his own six-yard box. You know, he like went oh, to boy. flick away a cross and it sort of, bounced off his groin and, and somehow yeah. didn't go to either of the two players we had near him. That was a frustration because I do I, I did the view from after and I know a lot of people didn't read it understandably so but <laughs> one of them was saying oh yeah I think next season we can push for top four like no you can't <laughs> I thought they were really really poor I think they're better on the ball than us uh, they've got better quality players uh, in an attacking sense in terms of create creativity you know Sigurdsson and stuff like that when they're on form I'm really disappointed we didn't test 
uh, Pickford or, or their dodgy back line, really. Oh, my Lord. Yeah, that is annoying. That is really, really annoying because I, yeah. I just don't think Pickford is good at all. Like, uh, average goalkeeper at best, I think. We should have had a few more pot shots at him, possibly, or a few more balls into the area where he's going to make his uh, mandatory mistakes. Yeah, that's, uh, that's it, isn't it? And I just felt like I, I, I thought that we, at Sheffield United, even at 80%, probably get a couple of goals in that game. Yeah, it's, it's a bit like how I felt after um, after the Villa away game with that dodgy uh, Nygaard in their goal. It's just like, oh man, you know, he literally dropped it into his net, and then I don't think we had a shot on target for the rest of the game after that. Just mm-hmm. like, just test this guy, you know, let's get some crosses in into him, you know, shoot from distance once in a while. But yeah, yeah. this one, eight shots, none on target, and. Yeah, I mean, you know, Pickford, he's, he's just so happy when he can actually reach one, you know, that he, <laughs> he went and... Uh... That one when he, saved, when he did two... That one when Norwood, like, over at the cross and he was going wide and he, he decided to make a massive leap and take it out for a corner. That was quite a funny moment, so oh, I'm glad he gave us that. He did uh, the same for a Basham it, cross as well, which is... Which and is the Basham cross, which... It's going like away it. from goal and still decides yeah, to dive and like, save it. It's just a terrible cross and he comes... He nearly created a chance for us, so he did his best for us. Lads, but you know. <laughs> yeah, I, I like the um, I like the moment where Sharp just uh, leaned into him a tiny bit and, and sent him like almost into the first row of the stands. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm funny because one of the view fans after like, oh, I think Henderson's uh, overrated. It's like he didn't do anything wrong at all. Your keeper is, you, you know, yeah. it, an absolute joke. I think he's probably in the worst three keepers in the league this season in terms of first choices. Yeah, well, yeah, that's probably fair. Um, yeah, Henderson. I'm mean, talking about individuals in a bit, but like. Yeah, Henderson was fine. Like, what am I missing? Yeah. I mean, what was he supposed to do? One shot to save, really, other than the goal, which I don't think he had much chance with, really. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, chances for Calvert Lewin hit the post uh, in the first half, which mm. he, it wasn't a gimme because he's under a lot. He's like having to climb over uh, Berger, wasn't he? So not not an easy chance, but obviously close in. I, I, he had a lot of goal to aim for. I'll say that because um, yeah, Henderson was kind of scrambling across uh, the goal itself from Richarlison. I mean. I don't know why, because we come from behind so often this season. But as soon as this went in, I was just like, ah, you know, that's that's any chance of us winning this game has just gone out the window. Mm. Um, you know, it was, it was a good header, but I don't know. It's sort of what else we could have done, really, apart from win yeah. the initial header. I mean, I've seen people say like a bad bad goal to concede, and I think even Wilder said it. But I think it's an incredible header, in fairness to the the, the, the horrible little man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a, a really, 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 really good header. To be fair for him. Yeah, uh, and then Henderson made a really good save off uh, Calvert Loom was in a one one on yeah. one. Yeah, like was... deflected a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So it deflected like up in the air, and obviously he's um, he's starting to go low. So yeah, mm. I thought that was a, a really good save by him. But yeah, we just we did nothing, did we? I mean, you know, there were, like, so there were a few band of that flat ball to Sharp. Sharp should have got all of that, and he's clean through. Yeah. Um, in the second half, and then obviously there's a few crosses where it's bouncing around. McGoldrick right at the end where he just slips and. That sums it up, doesn't it? <laughs> exactly the phrase I was about to use. Yeah, it really did. Yeah. You're, just, uh, you're just thinking, right, this is the one. Just slam that into goal from about 15 yards. And instead, he, uh, he puts it in the U of SUFC in the cop stand. So. Uh, yeah. I remember uh, Stevens' uh, volley in the first half as well, where I think it was Clive Tilsley commentary saying, uh, that's just landed in Rotherham. <laughs> <laughs> it did, I did think, has that actually left the ground? Like It went so <laughs> far over. I, I, I laughed out loud because I was like, I mean, it's a difficult, it would be a difficult chance to score from. It was such a poor attempt. It was, just, <laughs> it was like when you're, I don't know, when you're messing about at school or something, but I booted over at fence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly that. Um, I mean, we mentioned Sharp there. He obviously uh, 
he obviously came on uh, off the bench in this one. Um, McBurney, I think, last three home games for McBurney, I think he's gone off on. Ugh, excuse me, gone off after an hour. Um, shattered. He's he really absolutely is. shattered, McBurney. I think that's really obvious to see. I think yeah. I, I'm really looking forward to seeing McBurney next season. I really am. I think he's shown enough. Not in the last two, in fairness, but you know, against Tottenham and uh, Chelsea in particular. Mm. When he's he's had a bit of a you know he's looked like he's fit enough to play the the full ninety or whatever. I think he's looked really really good. Yeah, but yes, I think I think you're spot on, completely run on empty. Um, but I wanted to mention these these subs. So Fleck uh, Fleck comes on for Osborne as well, and uh, Lundstrom for Berger, and Zivkovic eventually comes on for Basham. Mm. I just yeah, I just wanted to just mention this. I mean, the squad looks it looks really thin when we're. You know, yeah. when we're struggling to get anything going, I mean, mm. you know, there's injuries obviously factoring into this, but I said this to you, you know, if, if you told me that we'd be ending the season with Sharp and McGoldrick up front and some kid from China who we're not even keeping at the end of the season. Yeah. I, would... I, I agree with Deadbat, to be honest, on his match report where he put, um, it sounds insane, but uh, I'd have put Leon on. Not just because I want them to play. It seems like a like a crusade I've got just to get this man a start in the Premier League. But I'd have put uh, I'd have put him on just simply because we're creating nothing. He's fairly big. Just knock him about a bit, see what happens. But you know, yeah. I mean, I, I guess the reason I, I bring up uh, like this this squad depth and, and looking a bit thin is uh, a particular in attack is is largely due to the absence of one of our strikers in this game. And uh, I'm talking, of course, about Lise Mousse, and I am not one for. Speculation, to be honest, I don't uh, tend to comment on rumours because uh, I just find it dull and counterproductive, and I think plenty of other people do it anyway, so it's not really necessary. But yeah, it does seem like something has gone on here, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, uh, the commentator mentioned it during the match, and you know, even he even sort of said, you know, this is just speculation or anything. He said it was just a rumour that he'd seen, but. Yeah, it does sound like there's maybe been a, a bit of a, something gone on behind the scenes between Moussa and Wilder, which is frustrating, I think. What do, what do you reckon? Yeah, I think on, on a bit of a side note, if I get on to it, I think Wilder's no, no comment sort of comment, uh, mm. I think that's a bit of a... It shows that, you know, when everyone was saying, oh, Colin's going and, and all this sort of stuff, mm. I don't think he lies about stuff like that at all. He's not a uh, Harry Maguire's got sunstroke, is he? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Sort of manager. Uh, with Brooks and stuff, he were really open about that. And I think the fact that he's not said, oh, yeah, he's injured, probably, you know, that I think that's the fact he's so blatant about it suggests that something's gone on. Because I think even if... So I've seen some people say maybe it's a personal problem and people are getting at him, and that could be the case, but I just felt that the way he answered it didn't suggest that it was anything other than, you know, something behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, I don't want to dwell on this too much until the facts come out, because obviously... Mm. What we do know about Musa is that he has had a really difficult, um, well, I guess, few months around, particularly around Christmas with yeah. uh, uh, bereavements and yeah, some personal issues as well. So I don't want to dwell on this too much. No, exactly. yeah, as, yeah. as you say, that that no comment thing is—I I don't think that's something Wilder would have said it had it been, uh, you know, a sort of mental health-related problem. So. Yeah, it's, I mean, and you know, if this is the end of the line for Musa, which you know, that's that's jumping to a conclusion a bit. Um, that's that's a real shame for it's him. It's really here for sad. Us. I've seen some people say get rid of him and stuff, and they're not bothered. And I, I, I don't know that that little spell he had, and it's not enough. Don't get me wrong, but that little two-month spell he had, we were talking about. We're never going to keep hold of him, weren't we? 
Yeah, I think a few people. Yeah, just maybe some people went a bit overexcited there. But he, he has he has the tools, doesn't he? I he mean, does. He does. You know, he's such a good finisher. He obviously, has the physical abilities as well. He he just seemed he seemed an intelligent player in terms of like you know just fit into our system when to press, where to be. You know, some of the 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 way he took some of his shots really early as well. Like I think definitely caught a few goalkeepers out, thinking like mm-hmm. West Ham away, for example. You know, really. Like just almost like a why are you shooting from there? Yeah. Um, he, but you know, at that point, he wasn't starting every week, were he? Due to his fitness issues. Yeah, and this is why. I don't know. This is a thing that's like just been going on all season, isn't it? and mm-hmm. he, he kind of hoped he would be at that level now, but he's, he's clearly not. You know, even before this weekend, he's what has he started? Maybe one game since lockdown. Two games. He, he started one, hasn't he? At Man United. That's it. Man United. Yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, I mean, I guess guess watch this space on that one. I you know really hope whatever it is gets gets resolved because I, well you know apart from the fact I think he's uh, the potential to be a huge player for us, that's someone we'll need to replace because like I said we're super thin up front. We can't rely on a you know early thirties sharp and McGoldrick forever as as well as they've kind of done this season. And then yeah, you're down to Zivkovic who's leaving. Uh, McBurney's obviously uh, obviously a lock, but. That's a really thin area of the squad for next season if he's um, if he's going to be moved on he's as well. It's always so. the hardest part to get right in uh, the, the four positions, and we've got a big summer, well, whatever it is, <laughs> <laughs> a big autumn. Yeah, autumn to get to, to get that sort of to get that right because that is the one area, isn't it? Realistically, that we're looking at, and we're, we are worse than a lot of teams in the division. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I, I would I would also say we need to create more chances as well. Yeah. Um, uh, that's that's. I think that's the bigger challenge, if you like, between like this team being as good as this next season is how can we create more chances to yeah. replace the sort of goals that we'll probably concede more mm-hmm. uh, more off next season. But yeah, definitely having uh, having better strikers will. Uh, well, it's just a necessity. I mean, we'll just need the bodies apart from anything else. I mean, that's it. Yeah, there'll be no Leon. There'll be no Zikovic, as you said. Obviously, it looks like there's no Moose. We've got Billy Sharp, McGoldrick, and McBurney. You know, Billy Sharp and McGoldrick about 70 between them so you can't expect them to be starting week in week out or anything can you really no indeed come back Callum Robinson get your time your time has come he could well come back actually couldn't he yeah for sure we'll 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 definitely talk about that in the future um any any individuals you want to pick out good or bad from from either team uh in this game I thought Fleck were good when he came on actually Mm. I thought out of all the players he was the one that I thought yeah, that you know, he was trying to create stuff. He was running with the ball. It went amazing. I've seen him play better, but you know, I, I thought he was the only one in the, in the midfield who were trying to do something. And I thought Norwood were all right to be honest, which a few people have disagreed with. But I thought Norwood were all right in this game. Yeah, well, I thought he did the things uh, that in this game that he didn't do against Leicester, where he, he yeah. just like kept picking off the ball in like in their half. He must have done it five or six times, like intercepted one of their passes out of defence, but mm. then. You know the rest of the team and himself included, I guess, just just too slow to kind of move it on to a, a good position. Yeah, yeah. I, I, thought, I thought some of his crossing was really good as well, like set pieces. I mean, yeah. you know, there's, there's some that really caused panic for panic for Pickford. Um, and, and then you know, there's that one that like dropped to O'Connell and he sort of went for it on the volley instead of getting his head on it, like in yeah. the first half. Um, he did, of course, have one particularly terrible free kick. Although uh, I, I'm not sure it was his execution so much as like the actual decision to take this free kick this way, which mm. is the one where we played it short and then he crosses it straight into Walcott, I think, is basically one-on-one with Baldock in our half. And 
Fortunately, Baldock uh, was there to save, and then and then very grumpy afterwards. Very grumpy, very very grumpy man, Baldock, and her. <laughs> summed up all our feelings, I think. To be fair. Yeah, 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 yeah. I thought the left hand side was really poor. I thought Stevens and Osborne really, mm. really struggled uh, all game. I don't think we really got anything from that side, and and Osborne in particular, first half, it just seems like every time he had it, we're giving it away. I don't want to lay the boot into Osborne because uh, I think he's a good backup player. But this is yeah. this is kind of what I meant after the either Spurs or maybe the Chelsea game, uh, where I said like uh, we haven't really needed to see what he can do against the team where we need somebody to be creative. So exactly, yeah, yeah. So that was like I, I'm, again. I think the point I was making was like I'm not saying he can't do that. It's just let's not anoint him as like. Well, I don't even think Flex should get back in the team now. Like, yeah. I'm, I did see someone saying actually that obviously after the match, Wilder was saying that there might be some sales, and someone was saying, "Oh, there might be a big player." And I saw someone suggest, "Oh, maybe Fleck with Osborne playing." While I was like, "No, we don't do that." <laughs> that would be a big mistake. Let's yeah, not do that. Um, I thought Berger was quite good, but but also kind of emblematic of the performance, like solid but safe. Uh, yeah. Well, you were better first half than second half. I thought first half, you know, he, he did all right. Mm. Too safe, too safe for making that game. You know, we, I think I think the next season hopefully we'll see a bit more creativity for him you know, or a bit more positivity going forward and stuff and trying a few things. I think he's still very much playing within him within himself at the moment. Yeah, definitely a bit of that in this game. Yeah, for, uh, 45 out of 48 passes completed, most ball recoveries. So, you know, he's he kind of did everything that was kind of asked of him, but, like, he didn't... Yeah, it, it, again, it was sort of... It just felt like everything was just too slow around yeah. him as well as with him. I mean, and Basham kind of is the other one I wanted to mention. I thought he was excellent in the second half going yeah. forward, but but it feels like for it to be properly effective, we need the pieces around him to be firing exactly. as well. Exactly. I do feel a bit sorry for Basham, not just because he got took off. I understand why he got taken off, because Egan and O'Connell work better in a two, but I thought he were our main attacking threat, to be honest, in the second half. Yeah, but then, you know, you need... Like I say, you need Baldock, Berger, McGoldrick, McBurney, them to be, mm. you know, making the runs, receiving it properly, that kind of thing. And yeah, we just weren't really. Um, what did you make of Lundstrom's cameo off the bench? Really bad. Almost strangely bad, I thought, to be mm. honest. Um, so slow, like so sort of backwards. And I, I don't I don't know. He didn't, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, since, to be honest, since lockdown, I think he's been really, really poor Lundstrom. Yeah, I think this, you know, I'm not ready to do this whole like, uh, you know, oh, since Burgers arrived, you know, Toys Out of the Prime has been terrible. Like, I don't think he's, he had a ridiculously good run of form for like three months, maybe. Yeah, yeah, because of the season. Yeah. And then he basically, I think he's sort of gone back to his actual levels, if you like. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, you know, that the Villa away game was obviously playing unfamiliar position on the left side. Then we had Man United. Then we had Newcastle, where he didn't start the game. The whole team was terrible. Man United, I think he played that one. Yeah, yeah that was his best one. performance, actually. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah um, in obviously very challenging conditions. And then he got injured against Arsenal, missed like the next four or five games. So I, I think the, I think this is one of those where you sort of go, it's a bit like, what have you done for me lately? And you just and then with the, the ongoing contract thing, it's like, well, he's he's just had it, hasn't he? But you, I- you can't. Can't dress up that he was really poor in this. I don't game, blame the contract thing. I think his form was dipping off way before Burger came. Uh, mm. I think. He, I think. For instance, I remember West Ham at home. We were absolutely awful in that match, and it just weren't happening for him. Um, I, I remember like games before, way before that Liverpool away. He was really poor in that one as well. I think 
I think he's either going through a bad spell or he has, I won't say being found now, that's harsh, but he may be going back to his actual level. Yeah, I, well, I think that. I don't think, and I don't think that is harsh. Like, I think this this may just be his level. Is like yeah. you know maybe average to slightly below average Premier League midfielder, and mm-hmm. yeah, that's. Uh, I, I guess that's you know Berger will definitely start in that position ahead of him for next season for sure. Yeah, I, and look, I don't mean this in a, in a get rid of him sort of way, but if he left next season, I, I don't think he's certainly in his current form. I don't. Th- the only thing we'd miss from him is goals because I think he's the the one midfielder who does get in the box late. Yeah. But then maybe, uh, yeah, maybe Berger, you know, replaces that. Maybe, you know, he's yeah. already got one, obviously. Um, yeah, so I think that is... Uh, I think we've said it before, and we was like... It, I think at a period of the season, it was like the, probably our player of the season for like the first three months or something like that. But at the same time, also possibly the player that we would uh, be impacted the least if he missed out. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's a strange one, and it's, it's, um, it's been a weird season for him. Obviously, none of no, no one thought he was going to start a game this season. Really, they thought he was just going to be there as the twenty-five in the twenty-five. Almost, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know, like a Leon Clark role where he comes on for a couple of games. You know, like he did last season, basically. And yeah. he plays so much. He's been so sort of pivotal, not pivotal, but important to us in terms of the goals and in that early stage. That I think, yeah, I think it's easy to say he's, he's throwing the toys out of the pram and all this sort of stuff. And I understand that, but with that way of thinking, but. It might just be a case of this is him. This is his level. Yeah, very possible. Um, any Everton players you want to uh, mention? Uh, you I already d- described someone as a horrible man. I hate Richarlison. I hate <laughs> him. I really that Norwood thing in the first half. It angered me for some. Oh, that that probably angered me more than the goal. That actually, it, like after the match, I just like with terrible refereeing, awful from him. Richarlison screaming like a little girl, and then sort of, but the referee sort of didn't give it, and he thought, oh. I better give it actually. This sounds bad. Ah, oh, I just wanted to go mad. Then on the view from after, one of the Everton fans saying, "Oh, he could have broke his leg." It's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, that was that was weird. When there was a good like four or five seconds before the referee gave that, and it wasn't like he was playing advantage because we had the ball. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't really understand that. I mean, I, I think I said to you before, like Richarlison. I, I think he's a really good player. Like, yeah, he is. He really is. Far too good yeah. for Everton. He reminds um, me of Hellas Juf in that sense. I think he were a really good player when he played for Bolton, for instance, but I hated him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I I think he's far too good for everything. I think he thinks he should yeah. be like a, a, a top four kind of team. Um, you know, someone someone like Chelsea, basically. Yeah. Uh, but my God, like it, it's like clockwork. You just... Every, just watch Everton when he's playing. I guarantee he will be injured three or four times every single game. And as it happens, he, he did it in the first half against us this time. But... Yeah, he's. Um, I don't know. He's a, he's a a fiery customer, but yeah, he's, he's properly properly annoying. And of course, he gets the he gets the winning goal. But I do think he's a really good player. So yeah, I thought yeah. Sigurdsson were better than I've seen him for months. To be honest, in that mm. in that game as well, thought he, he he had something that we didn't have, and just pure technique really, and and sort of trying to create stuff and looking so comfortable on the ball and unhurried, and I never even give the ball away once off the top of my head. I thought. He's been poor this season for Everton, from what I've seen of him. Mm. He was pretty good. Yeah, that's fair. Right, um, let's take a quick break, and then we're going to talk goalkeepers very quickly. Quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. Do you ever look down at your shoes or trainers and think they could use a bit of a touch-up? Then look no further than Glistening Kicks, a Sheffield-based business who deliver high-end cleaning, restoration, and weather treatment services for shoes, sneakers, and trainers. Glistening Kicks will remove loose dirt and debris, give laces, shoes and midsoles a deep clean and can also touch up any scuffs or imperfections. 
And if you're looking for a repaint due to damage or general wear and tear, they can take care of that for you too. Whether it's a pair of designer shoes or a well-loved and much-worn set of favourite trainers, Glistening kicks off a local collection and return in Sheffield and the surrounding areas, including Rotherham, Barnsley, Chesterfield, and other locations in South Yorkshire and Derbyshire. They also do nationwide shipping via their safe, fast, and reliable courier service, so you can be sure your footwear is in the best possible hands. Should mention that Glistening Kicks is run by Blades fans, and they've recently started offering a service to add a Blades logo to your trainers. Or if you have a Wednesday fan in need of cheering up, the Wednesday logo is also available. Save yourself from spending on a brand new pair. Give your existing kicks the treatment they deserve. Head to glisteningkicks.co.uk and book your service today. That is glisteningkicks.co.uk. Plus, follow them on Instagram at glistening underscore kicks for a closer look at the great work they do in making shoes and trainers look their best. Now back to the podcast. All right, we're back. Uh, before we get to alternative man of the match, uh, United have made a signing in the last week, a slightly out the blue signing. That is uh, Will Fodderingham, goalkeeper on uh, free transfer. He was previously with Rangers for the last five years. Uh, and in fact, actually, um, did you know he was in goal for an infamous game in Sheffield United's history? Is it the 5 5? It is the 5 5. Yeah, against I, Swindon I didn't know that. Playoffs. As you said it, I knew he played for Swindon, and I just put two and two together there. Put five and five together. Yeah. <laughs> Put five and five um, together and got clough sacked. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Um, I, you know, 29 year old has been playing uh, pretty regular for Rangers. Um, any, any, I mean, is there any grander meaning to this signing that you would like to ascribe for, for what it means for our, our goalkeepers for I'll next season? I laugh my head off when we signed him, and how many people say, well, that's Endo gone. That's him done. It's like, this guy's not going to be our number one. I'll be amazed. If he's the number one next season, I think he's just a pure backup for Simon Moore. I think Wilder did allude after the Leicester game, I think it was, where he said there should be a lot of change in the goalkeeping areas. I think we've got to a stage now where we probably can't rely. We need someone better than Simon Moore to to push the who is going to be the number one, whoever that is. Yeah, that's that's my feeling on the situation as well. This is uh, you know pure backup, um, and I, I just. Again, speculation, no no inside knowledge or anything on this, but it does make me wonder if Moore has been like, um, I would quite like to play some football now. You know, understandable. Been... understandable. And even if even if, you know, we've we brought this guy in a free, I imagine he'll be on pretty similar wages to, to Simon Moore. Simon yeah. Moore for me could I don't know if he's a championship goalkeeper week in, week out. He certainly could play at League One though. We've seen that ourselves. Yeah, he's I mean I'm just thinking with Moore. I mean, this is three straight seasons where he's been a, a at best, a like just not the actual number one, but like rotated because obviously uh, Jamal Blackman was the number one goalkeeper first season in the championship, but just yep. kept getting injured and get sent off at one point. Yeah, he got sent off against Brentford, didn't he? When he held the ball up above <laughs> Ryan Woods's head. <laughs> yeah, I forgot that. That was great. Um, but then obviously back up to Henderson the last couple of seasons. So you know, it may just be that Moore's like, I want to actually go and start for somebody now. Like I've done done my my time here, if you like, yeah. and it's. You know, he owes us nothing, does he? So no, he's played he... a couple of Premier League games. He probably never thought he'd get to do that when he came to Sheffield United four years ago, whatever it were. Yeah, uh, I've got enough. Yeah, massive praise from massive, really good professional and stuff. I don't think he's a Premier League goalkeeper, though, even as a yeah. backup. To be completely honest, it's a bit like I felt with uh, Stearman. I think at the start of the season, yeah, it's like um, oh, when he moved to Huddersfield, I should say, it's just like 
I'm happy that you get a move. Like, uh, you know, you're not going to start for us. You might play the odd game here or there. I'd rather you went and did what's right for your career. So, yeah, yeah, it it might well be the start of that. I mean, yeah, and then I wonder if Verips, if he's if he will go out on loan or what is obviously quite a young goalkeeper. I think he's what, only 23 Verips. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is the thing. Obviously, the he, we need him to get out and get some games, just purely English football games, I think, just to see what he's like. Mm. Uh, For sure. But, but I do think there'll be another number one coming in if Henderson doesn't stay. I don't, I, I don't see Fodringham being... I think he is going to be the new Simon Moore. Yeah, I think so as well. What, um, what, what do you think... We'll talk about this probably in more detail, but... Let's let's talk about Dean Henderson's future. What um, what's your feeling on where this is going? I change my, um... my mind a lot on this. I think I don't see Man United taking him back simply because of how much money De Gea's on. I don't think they're going to be able to get rid of De Gea, and I don't think they can afford to have him as a reserve. I think they're going to have to play, you know, play him basically until his contract runs down a little bit. I, I mean, he's on is he on three hundred and fifty grand a week or something like that. Something ridiculous like that, yeah. It's reported. a high paid player at Man United. You can't have a player like that on the bench every week. As a num- it's all right if it's a player and you drop for a few games, but this is a goalkeeper. You have to have a number one, don't you? Yeah. I just well, thing- don't, I don't see it. And the, and the Chelsea rumours, I don't know. If, would Man United sell one of their prized young assets to one of their main rivals? Yeah, I don't... Well, I mean, they're going to have to do it at some point, you'd think. Cause it's such a strange... There's so many like strands to it. I mean... I agree. I think the De Gea thing is massively overplayed. I feel like we've been having this conversation for two years about De Gea, yeah. um, and, and all the while he's gone on being like a really, really, really good goalkeeper. And mm. yeah, I think it's you know even even in these games where he makes mistakes, he still goes on and makes like amazing saves. And it's I, I do I think part of it is like the, there's in the media there is obviously people who uh, have strong Man United connections and like to rant. So <laughs> Roy Keane, obviously the prime example of yeah. that. And, and I and do so the, get the criticism. He's been really. He's let some. You know, if Henderson had let the amount of goals in that De Gea had let in this season, I, I don't think we'd be sat here saying, "I hope he really comes back." We'd be saying, "Well, yeah, if he comes back, fair enough." But you know, I, I understand the criticism he's getting. I just don't know if he is in a stage where he's going to get dropped for a kid who's played one season at Premier League level. Yeah, my, I, I really do think Henderson will be here next season. I, I don't think there's any value in Man United. Uh, sitting him on their bench, which is is what they, you know, like you say, I, I think that's what if they held on to him, that's what he would do. It'd be like, okay, yeah. you get you get the minutes that Sergio Romero got last yeah. season, where you play in the Europa League, or I guess it might be the Champions League actually. So so he won't play in the Champions League. He just gets yeah. to play in the. Oh, and in fact, aren't the European teams not in the League Cup next season? I think that's true. Yeah, I think that's yeah, so, correct. So there you go. Yeah. He, he would get absolutely zero minutes unless De Gea got injured. So I, I don't think it makes any sense at all for him to go back to Man United. It only makes sense from. For his point of view, from Man United's point of view, it's better. It's better for them to have their asset developing somewhere else. And I understand people are going to be interested. I've seen Bayern Munich. Like, I think that was last season. Maybe, maybe something like that could happen. Maybe they'll sell them abroad. I can see that much more than him going to Chelsea. Put it that way. Mm. Yeah, the Chelsea thing is. Uh, yeah, they're getting ready to double his wages or something like that. Which is, you know, like, I think you need to agree a transfer fee first. Which yeah. Is, I which would be, be massive. I think it'd be stupid for Man United to do that. Even if he's not in their team for the next couple of years, he's clearly an asset. I think you send, from my point of view, and maybe a bit, I'm looking at this from a Sheffield United point of view, I think if you're a Man United fan, I can understand you getting angry with De Gea, but he's had one good season in the Premier League, Anderson. I, I think you send him out at least for another season somewhere. Even if it's not us, you know what I mean? Just send him somewhere. 
Mm. Even if it's abroad or something like that, just to get that more experience at top level football. Well, that's the thing. I mean, I think if he if he was to go out on loan again, like where else does he go in the Premier League? Because he looked down uh, a lot of teams. They're pretty well set, you know, with yeah. like with with you know goalkeepers that they will consider to be their number one for the foreseeable. I mean, I'm just going down the table now. Leicester obviously got Casper Schmeichel, Wolves, Patricio. Spurs have got Larice, Burnley have got Pope, Arsenal is one that's a bit like mm, up in the I air, but there's no way they're going to load into Arsenal, is Martinez there? Martinez has come back in and done all right. I just don't see Henderson going to Arsenal again. That although they're way behind Man United at the moment, they're still. They, I think you, if you're a Man United, you look at it next season, saying we're going to strengthen a potential rival there. I don't yeah, think yeah, they're yeah. going to see us as a rival, rightly so. So yes. I think the only only other option, unless unless something happens with De Gea and they manage to get him off the books, which I don't see just simply because of the wages he's on. The, the only two options for me is coming back to United or going to a European team on loan. Yeah, I'm with you. And I think also, unless Henderson has uh, done a, a masterful acting job for the last few years, I think he'd want to come back here as well, you know, if he had the choice. I mean, I could see, all right, I could see the, the appeal of going abroad, I guess, is like, yeah. you know, furthering yourself. But I think versus, you know, if said, right, you could, there's five English teams you could go out on loan to. We've got to be top of the list, surely. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I do think he'll be here next season. I think it's just the most logical thing for everyone. Um, but yeah, we'll see. What What do we do if he's not here? What do you? One of uh, Ramsdale, Foster, or Heaton, uh, or two of them actually, is not going to be playing in the Premier League yeah. next season. Any of those take your fancy? I like Ben Foster, but he's thirty nine. <laughs> thirty seven. Sorry, is he thirty seven? Yeah. Is it? Short gap, short term. I, I won't mind him for a season, but he's thirty-seven. Do you? You know what I mean. I'm not sure about that. I do like Tom Eaton, but he's been injured. I don't know what he's come back like. I don't know. I, I don't think he's done too much wrong for Villa, has he, this season when he has played? Hmm. Um, and Ramsdale, personally, I think he's a little bit overrated at this particular moment. I don't think people would be particularly making eyes at him if there wasn't a Sheffield United connection around Yeah, I, I, I've seen him pull some great saves off and I've seen him make some really bad errors as well. I think he might go on to be a really good goalkeeper, but I don't think he's mm. anywhere near the level of Henderson. Yeah, that's it, isn't it? It's like, if you could go and sign him back, and I don't know if we have any sort of sell-on clauses that would uh, act as a bit of a discount, you know, then then feasibly that's your keeper sorted for the foreseeable future, which yeah. obviously would not be even if we had Henderson back for a season. So I, I see the appeal there, but yeah, I think that, I, I agree. I think that is a big step down. I think out of the three, I'd probably go Tommy and if he's fit because like, he's been there and done it. Hmm. Yeah, is uh, yeah, is the three good goalkeepers. I think at varying stages of the career. I think I think with Foster, you could get two years out of him for sure. But then, you know, that's not that far into the future, is it? <laughs> I, I I'm a bit. I don't know. I I think we'll really miss Anderson and stuff. But I, I do think he's he's. I'm not saying he's over overrated. That's that's not the word I'm looking for. But I think our defense has been a huge reason to why he's getting the plaudits he's getting. He's put some amazing saves off. I think he will be England's number one. And I don't think we'll get a better goalkeeper than him next season. Hmm. But I, I think we can get a, a, an all right Premier League goalkeeper if the worst case scenario happens, even if it is just Ben Foster for a year or something like that. Yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's a good summary. Uh, let's give out our alternative man of the match for this week. Uh, it's brought to you by the Denblades fanzine. I've no idea who the Blazer man of the match would have been in this one, actually. Um, but we're going to find we're going to find someone who uh, deserves a bit of special attention. I mean, I've got to say, actually, whoever had to edit together the uh, ten minute extended highlights of this game on our YouTube channel definitely deserves the nomination because it's it's just nine minutes of crosses being clear. To be honest, I've not watched it. the first one this season. I'm not watched back simply because I just don't really. 
there's nothing I want to rewatch. <laughs> there's, there's nothing to rewatch. So, so that that gets a mention, I think. Uh, but what, what about you, you? Who do you want to put forward? There's a few things like that I'm gonna like go for and stuff. Uh, Wednesday fans, obviously, done the pre-match view, uh, the pre-season predictions view. That that's always a good yes. laugh. Uh, they've not, they've not had a go at me this time. Which is a bit sad about. No, someone normally someone calls me a saddo. So, but so far <laughs> I've not I've not had it. So come on, up your game. But uh, what I've actually gone for is uh, I don't know whether I don't know if he deserves the man of the match. But do you remember in the second half when the ball went out of play and George Baldock goes to get the ball back? And I don't know if he's a steward or a paramedic trying to kick the ball back over yes, there. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it took about ten minutes. <laughs> It was like six attempts yeah, it, it was to like play a two-yard pass. footballer I've ever seen. So I'm going for him. It's brilliant when you see <laughs> someone in a professional setting worse than you at football. And I just, Baldo was furious with him. Absolutely furious with him. Give him all like expletives and stuff like that. Give me the effing ball. <laughs> uh, and yeah, so I'm going to go for him because I just thought that was just such a awful piece of football. <laughs> it was. And obviously we were 1-0 down at the time as well, I think, weren't yeah, we? Yeah, about 10 minutes to go, yeah. Yeah, it was like... I, I, it's one of them where if it'd been an opposition fan, I'd have been like, "Oh, you git!" You know, yeah. like stop whining. Like, can we send off the fan? It was the most lazy bucket. attempt at getting a ball over a very small barrier that I've ever <laughs> seen in my entire life. <laughs> very good. Well, I wanted to nominate Baldock himself, actually. Yeah. Um, mainly for Baldock versus uh, Luca Dina Redux. Yes. Part two, because I don't know if you remember from the uh, the away game at Goodison Park. Yeah. <laughs> Still not totally sure I'm bothering it's sent off for this. I'm, really... I'm not sure he's not got sent off all season. To be completely it's, there's, there's one game left. He can, yeah. uh, he's, but yeah, I really think he's, yeah, and this game was uh, another distillation of it, but he's, he's doing his absolute best to see how far he can push it without getting <laughs> sent off. And yeah. yeah, there was that tussle with, uh, with Dina, wasn't there? Where it's like, uh, I think they're just sort of like shoulder to shoulder with each other and then, Bullock gets up and flies into a tackle, and then little bit naughty stands on him a little bit. Yeah, as he stands I love after obviously did the interview after the game. They always have a player out, and then he's like, "Yeah, we've done real well this season." You know, <laughs> really mild mannered. He's like, "What are you doing? Effing this and effing that, screaming around what? the pitch." Love him. Well, he he did it after that uh, Norwood free kick we mentioned, didn't he? He was like, "Hey!" and then just like screaming expletives at, uh, at Norwood and Osborne. I think yeah. it was who taking the free kick show. But yeah, I, I I like. I mean, that's you know that was kind of the this sort of uh, that was kind of representative of this performance in a way. Is like they tried hard. You know, there was no shirking tackles. It was that ball no. ball that was up and down all game. He was you know sticking himself uh, shoulder into uh, into Dino into Richarlison and. Yeah, but ultimately no quality. But I, I did want to. I just wanted to mention it because like he should really probably got sent off at Goodison. I thought for for shoving yeah. him, and then I suddenly thought like, oh, here they go. They're up against each other again. What's going to happen in this one? And yeah, I guess uh, I guess Everton get the last laugh, but he still managed to not get sent off. I suppose. But yeah, I like uh, I like the <laughs> the guy with the appalling football <laughs> skills. Um, yeah, for reminding me of that one because it was just. <laughs> I think in any other situation I would have been livid, but it was just like, oh, this is so stupid. Like, how can you not laugh at this? So, and obviously, it's not it's not that person's job either. They're for much more important things than uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, the ball. Having a right, he's probably saved someone's life. That guy, if he's a paramedic, and all that, the ball. <laughs> exactly. So they des- they deserve this award. I think it's the alternative man of the match. Brought to you by the Denblaze Fanzine uh, issue. I think it's issue five of this fanzine. Uh, yeah, it might not uh, done yet. So if you're listening, Sam's. 
both of you. <laughs> uh, get, get a move on. <laughs> <laughs> well, mine has arrived, and it's brilliant, I've got to say. Uh, obviously yeah, you said it's the spot- best one yet, didn't you? I did. Obviously, this is a sponsored section, so you can take this with a pinch of salt, I guess. But I genuinely yeah. do think that is the uh, the best edition yet. I, I basically read the entire thing cover to cover. It's just uh, it's, it's a good mix of like fanzine content, I think, in terms of like, you know, some sort of, uh, well, I guess magazine type articles, some ridiculously well written stuff, some good, uh, some good comedy bits in there as well. Good, uh, good looking back ones. Good sort of personal anecdotes as well. So, yeah, it's uh, it's a great edition. Um, and, and do look out for that and future ones at demblades.co.uk. And hopefully, yours will be with you very soon as well. I hope Otherwise. so. Yeah, I'm just sat here waiting for it. But uh, I thought, by the way, for the man of the match, you might have gone for McBurney. Oh, what for his little uh, for his little moment disco of... moments. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know how many people noticed this, but uh, McBurney. Clearly forgot about uh, taking a knee at the start of the match uh, for a good second or so and sprinted into Everton Tarf at kickoff and then obviously had an oh crap moment and like tried to style it out by just <laughs> dropping to his dropping to his knee in the middle of Everton's half and just like this is fine nothing to see here and I, I really yeah. appreciate the referee didn't make him come back into our half for kickoff and just let him get a sort of ten yard head start but yeah yeah good old, uh, old McBurney. Possibly, uh, well, who among us has not forgotten something at some point in their life? So he gets a pass for that one. Um, let's finish off quickly by talking about Southampton away. Massive game. <laughs> game. Must-win game, you might say. Yeah. Um, the highest we can finish is the position we are in at the moment, eighth in the league. Uh, Arsenal have got Watford. Uh, Burnley got last game Brighton. of the season. Brighton, so that's a good chance for them to win as well. So... I would say that we probably need to win to finish eighth, but obviously the worst we could finish is tenth. There's uh, there's about two million prize money at stake for uh, each I, position. I read it's so... four, but I read it's four between eight and tenth. There you go, two million each. Which is two. what? That's uh, that's more than Ben Osborne. So we can buy another Ben Osborne with that. So. <laughs> We do need more Benos ones in our lives, I think. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so you know that's that's riding on it. Obviously, Southampton. Uh, Southampton can finish eleventh, but that's it. They're twelfth at the moment. Um, They've been really good though, aren't they? Southampton, really good form, playing really well as well. They're, yeah, they're they're a good team that uh, well they've overcome a terrible start basically. I think they will expect to be much higher up the league next year. Um, weirdly bad at home. They, I think only Norwich have taken fewer home points this season, and it's it's not really close. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know I know they beat City at home uh, the other week, but did you watch that game? <laughs> I did watch <laughs> that. I've got to admit, great defending. I thought it was fantastic defending from Southampton, but yeah, on another day it's like nine one again. Isn't it? <laughs> uh, on a, well, I think on another day, I think the game wasn't that uh, dissimilar to uh, City walloping Watford last night. It was no. basically the same game, except uh, to be fair, up against teams like that, I think that's what you sort of got to do. You know, you've got to defend that yeah. well, and, and, they, and they did it really well. And I was sort of almost cheering from it at the end because I really didn't want City to score, if you know what I mean, because I just thought they deserve it with the effort they put in. And also got an amazing draw away at uh, Man United as well, didn't they? Mm, yeah, they've been phenomenal away. I think they've set a club record for away wins this season. I think only yeah. Liverpool have won more games away all season, actually. Um, yeah, really, I like them. Really I like the team. I like watching them. I think they're, they're, they're a bit similar to us in some ways. Uh, I think they all put their effort in and stuff like that. And it's nice to see some English players in the team. Obviously, Ings and Ward-Prowse and stuff. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I like him. I like him as a club, to be fair, Southampton. 
Yeah, Ings obviously having a season of a lifetime. Um, I don't think he can finish top scorer in the Premier League unless he scores four goals or something. <laughs> Let's not get that far. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think Lacazette and Vardy are way ahead of him, aren't they? But yeah, he's having a, a phenomenal season. Uh, oh, actually, tell a lie. Ings is on 21, Vardy's on 23. So catch him <laughs> <laughs> If we win the game 30 nil, we might have an outside chance. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so there's an incentive for Ings, you know, two or more goals. Um, and obviously he's been a, a dangerous player all season. Um, for us, I mean, you know, there isn't much to play for really, but it would be nice. I don't say important to end on a high, but nice to end on a high. We haven't lost three games in a row all season. I don't think we did it last I year either. I think it'll be tough because they're good and they're on good form. Our heads are obviously a little bit down. We look a bit tired and we're not normally very good in games that don't really mean anything. <laughs> yeah. I think we need that sort of intensity to, to, to get anything and I'm not sure it'll be quite there, but I hope we do. It'd be amazing to finish eighth on it. I'd like to finish above that Bassett team in 92 just simply because I think it'd be a really good thing to say, well, this is the best Sheffield United team since, what, 975, 76 or whatever? I think if we finish eighth, it's seventy-five. I think ninth is ninety-two. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. So ninety-two, yeah. yeah. yeah ninety-two team. So it'd be nice to say like this is the best Sheffield United since I've been born. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, if we win and Spurs lose to Palace, which okay, lol, um, <laughs> we'd be uh, we'd be one point off that European spot. So why are you doing this? Mm. <laughs> And, and and that leads us into the final thing I want to talk about. Uh, is anyone going to mention the Hawkeye thing outside of Sheffield? I'm not sure. I think West Ham, if they'd have gone down, would have definitely gone gone for it. Which would have been so beautifully ironic, wouldn't it? I think they'd have definitely gone to the courts and stuff. I, I'm really disappointed that that's not going to happen. I don't know. I've not heard anything from any Watford fans or anything about it. West Ham, yeah, so West Ham really, they can't go down, can they? I'm just looking at now. Yeah, 13-goal swing. Everyone's got to yeah. win, and yeah, it's not going to happen. Yeah, that's almost impossible. Unless Villa like, win 7-0, you know, it's not, it's not going to happen, is it? So, I, I, no. they can't go down. So, I, but I'm not, I, I went on the Watford board last night, so I wanted to have a look, actually, just to see if anyone was mentioning it. I didn't see a thing. I don't think, I, I my prediction is we never hear of this again. Um, yeah. Because... I just think teams would be talking about it already. I mean, look, we did we did that recap of um, 06, 07, didn't we? And, yeah. Uh, what was it? It was like, th- there was a term for it, wasn't it? It was like the six teams. Yeah, that were, uh, they were called the Gang of Six, weren't they? Gang of Six, that was a year. And, and, and that was, so that was teams who were kind of preparing the legal case against yeah. West Ham and the Premier League um, weeks in advance of the outcome. I mean, that was the whole point, wasn't it? It was like, this could be any of us that go yeah, down because yeah. of this. Not a peep about this. Not a single word about it. And yeah, I mean, it, actually, part of the reason I was uh, not in a perfect mood this morning when we started recording was because I I just read a Villa fan dismissing that whole thing as like, oh, officiating decisions happen all the time. People mistakes it, happen. You do my head in Villa fans thinking they've had it all. Like they're saying, oh, we've had loads of decisions go against us. Yeah, every pretty much every team has. Look at us on Wolves, for instance. And some of the decisions have gone against us have been ridiculous in terms of. You know, oh, that's a little bit offside and all that sort of nonsense. This yeah. is nothing like that. This is nothing. This is a goal that wasn't given because some equipment weren't turned on or whatever the rubbish excuse they've given is. I, I'm amazed. I really am. I think if you're going to lose £200 million as a club, you should be looking into that. Mm, yeah, and at least trying to get... I mean, look, 
the, the likelihood of getting like I mean look if you say Watford go down so it finishes as it is and they go down on goal difference to, to Villa which then is like whoa that point would have made such a difference obviously the, the, the game is not going to be replayed but they could claim compensation for and that's it revenue. I think that that's the only thing they can they're, they're still going to go down but you, you might get something you don't know do you I just think that yeah yeah, and I'd like to see them sort of get the comeuppance as well because I think it, the, the, what they came out with after, it's not that mm. if they've just made a mistake, you say, yeah, it's really unprofessional, but you know, but all this nonsense about occluding and stuff like that, I, I just think mm. I think something deserves to, you know, deserve to get some sort of comeuppance for that. I think that's it. Yeah, it's, it's moved beyond. I mean, obviously, I can I can say this with all comfort because we're it's it's really really unlikely that we finish seventh now. Yeah. Um, excuse me, it's impossible to finish seventh. It's really unlikely we finish. Uh, within that mystical point or two of seven, yeah. Um, so I can say this with all comfort now, but like I've moved in, I've moved away from like uh, the sort of like oh, it's so frustrating that we should have benefit, you know, we should have had that goal, and now we're 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 disadvantaged because we didn't, and into like why is no one else talking about this? Why are we yeah. just letting this become a thing that gets swept away and is like yeah. yes, you know, we apologise anyway on with it's the not, show and it's, it's not a United thing anymore. Or I mean, even at the time I don't think it was a United thing for, for me anyway. I just think it's someone's gonna possibly probably gonna go down and there's a huge a massive I mean obviously you can't say we were gonna win the game and that's where the argument comes in. You can't say that because we've gone one 0 up, Villa might have come back out. You know obviously football's weird, a goal changes everything. But that is such a massive goal, isn't it? I mean, especially with the goal difference thing. I mean, it looks like it's going to go down to goal difference. Yeah, of which Villa have a one advantage now as it happens. It's just, <laughs> I just can't believe that Watford are not sort of saying, hang on, this is not... Or even Bournemouth. Yeah, I, I really... Yeah, and, and the fact there's been no noises made publicly about it does make me think that uh, we're, we're never going to hear about it again, to be honest. Yeah. It's a... It's going to be a complete footnote uh, that is only remembered by United fans and uh, particular football nerds, I suppose. It, it, it's, it's it also like the post last night, and I thought that might have gone over the line. I thought, surely it's not happened again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Imagine that. Well, anyway, there we go. Uh, one game left to go for the Blades, and indeed every other team apart from uh, Chelsea and Liverpool play tonight. Um, and then, yeah, we will... Uh, well, we have a, a whole host of um, post-season content lined up, and I think... I think about seven weeks between seasons, they were saying. Yeah, the, seven weeks. I, it's, I mean, obviously, you can answer this uh, yourself. I'm not supposed to you about this at all, but I saw someone saying, is seven weeks going to be enough to get our batteries recharged or whatever? And I, I think it is, isn't it? Surely. I think that's, isn't that longer than a normal? I don't think it is. I think normally it's. Is it finishing May and you start like August, right? Yeah, yeah two months. I, I think I think I think it's an extra five weeks. I think that's right. Normally, then we're getting we're getting seven weeks right. off, and I think it's normally an, yeah, an extra five. So, is it? Um, well, one thing. I mean, this is so dumb. Why have they not said when the next season's starting? It really annoys me. But is it seven weeks from uh, from the end of the Premier League season, or is it seven weeks from the end of European competition, that's which a good obviously point. I, I does not answer that. Resume? I know Scottish yeah. football's back in August. So I don't know if that like means anything. Well, but great. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, someone's watching it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, that's back in August, but I don't know if like uh, you know that's that's the only thing that I, that has been confirmed. I think. Yeah. So I don't know. I think it's I think it's probably enough to recharge. I think like you just I guess we just play a few less friendlies or something like that. I that's what know. I thought. I think like you know you'll have a couple of weeks, three weeks off or whatever, then four weeks of training and friendlies. Maybe. Maybe an old broad trip this year with everything that's going on. I'm not sure. 
Oh yeah, that as well. Um, I mean, look, it takes us a few weeks to get up and running anyway, so yeah. <laughs> let's, let's just just get get it started whenever. Yeah, yeah. start next week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right, mate. Uh, I mean, you mentioned it earlier, but do uh, let's let's call it out your uh, your masterpiece of this season that has now been published. What is it, and where do people need to go to find it? Pre-season predictions of Wednesday fans. Uh, it's a, it's always a good read. It's, I always enjoy the winner because. Just every season is exactly the same, and it, it's not all Wednesday. It's obviously I'm not, you know, but it's it's, like, it's laughing at those who uh, have been predicting our doom now for four years straight. So uh, it's at www.royceviewfund.com or at Panchero on Twitter. Yeah, I like the ones that are uh, the ones that are particularly like aghast that we're not signing thirty-five-year-old washed-up yeah. Premier League players on big wages because apparently that is the that's the model to follow to My be a successful quote in the entire club. one is why are they going for these championship players surely it'd be better to go for Carol Welbeck or Sturridge it, between them three this season have got less goals than McBurner <laughs> McBurner's not been prolific <laughs> yeah. uh, it's, it's a great read if anyone's not seen it go and check it out yeah roysviewfrom.com right mate uh, so yeah we're a little little later doing this podcast than, uh, than planned but I think it's okay I imagine yeah, only only the most hardcore of uh, Bladespod <laughs> listeners have made it this far so hello to you if you are still listening um, next game is indeed on Sunday the final game of the season Southampton away we will be back to talk specifically about that game uh, but then we will be rocking through a ton of uh, yeah postseason content review stuff player ratings season awards the works I'm, I'm really looking forward to that actually i feel like there's a few things that we've kind of sat on just just waiting for that one so yeah really uh really keen to get stuck into that yeah. so uh yeah but let's let's finish with uh, a point or three first i think blades that would be very nice indeed um right mate any any final thoughts all good no that's it i'm quite enjoying looking forward to sunday and being relaxed uh sort of watching the relegation battle more than anything else to be honest it's kind of wild that we've got to the 38th game before we have nothing to play for. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, know, I think if we had to predict, it would be like, yeah, we've got nothing to play for because we just got relegated. I love the last day of the season when we've got nothing to play for. <laughs> I have to admit, I love it. Last season with the same officer who could have won the league last season, but hmm. realistically, we're already up. I love that. I love when there's just nothing to play for. You can just sit back and enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. Are you going you gonna, to like, wear any fancy dress for the last game of this last away game uh, of the season? Do you know what? We're, we're going to go to Southampton. We've never got a ticket, but we're going to have a weekender up there, you know, like just to mm. sort of celebrate the season or whatever. And uh, obviously, we're not going to be doing that now. But um, now, probably just have it. I don't know what you're going to do. How are you going to? Are you going to watch United and then watching Jeff? I, I, you know what I mean? I, don't... I think I'm, I'm going to have to just have every screen possible. Yeah. The thing is, Sky only let you watch on like two devices at once. Oh, is that right? Dogs. I'm going to have to do something. <clears throat> a little bit illegal, I think. Yeah, I think I, w- I want to watch like four games at once. Yeah, I think but my idea is laptop. Two, I've got two laptops now, thanks to that fantastic man who gave me a laptop. And uh, <laughs> uh, I think I've got two laptops on the go, possibly two tellies as well. But um, I don't know, it's going to be difficult, but we'll see. <laughs> it's challenging, yeah. But uh, Blaze will take primary interest, of course, even if the yeah, game is yeah, meaningless. Yeah. Let's leave it there, mate. Thanks, as always, for your time. And, uh, yeah, I'll catch up with you later. Thank you, mate. Cheers. Thanks to Andrew. Thanks very much to you for listening and downloading. And finally, thank you also to Beer52, sponsor of this podcast. A reminder, Beer52 are offering a free case of their hand-picked beers to BlazePod subscribers. All you need to do is head to beer52.com slash BlazePod, sign up and cover just the $4.95 for postage, 
they will deliver a case of eight free beers direct to your door, meaning you barely need to leave the sofa to sip delicious craft beer from around the world. And these aren't just any beers. Beer 52 are the world's most popular craft beer discovery club. They traverse the globe to find the best and most interesting craft beers from the greatest small batch breweries that are out there and deliver it straight to your door. They do not hold you to ransom. You can leave at any time with no cost to you. Sign up today, get your free case of craft beer. You get it from beer52.com slash bladespod. That's the words beer and the numbers 52.com slash bladespod. 